Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the blind well and my review of how they could improve the content, make it a little bit better. Overall, I think it's really fun. I enjoy the uniqueness of the encounter and the mechanics, but I would love to see loot uh, and challenges and other things. There's already rotating enemies and bosses, which I actually didn't realize that. I was wrong in my initial you know, piece of the video, but thankfully people in chat corrected me. Every time I played it, it was always the same bosses. But So the, the rotation's already there. I want to see loot rotate the same way we have like with Escalation Protocol. So if you have questions about Blindwell, my review, or if you just want to submit general questions about Destiny 2, you can do that using the question command in chat right now. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live at twitch.tv slash rage if you want to take part in these discussions and question and answer sessions. So uh, the first question is from FIFA Wrecker. Do you feel there is a fix for kids that just emote in the blind well and don't ever help complete it? I am getting asked about this way more than I feel like I should, and that's really disappointing that I'm hearing this. Uh, John, one of our mods, tweeted at Deej and DMG and, and Bungie last night and basically was in a strike with somebody who was clearly running a script so they didn't get kicked. And they were, I think it was like punching, shooting, reloading, punching, shooting, reloading. And probably somewhere in the mix there, they're hitting the X button or the re, uh, the respawn button so they, you know, they don't stay dead. Uh, and they, you know, they come back, which I think they were reloading. So that's typically the the same the same button as uh, as respawn. So I, I saw the other day I tweeted. I said, well, you know, what do you want? What do you want to hear me talk about, guys? What would you like to hear me do a talk on? And at least four out of five, you know, four four or five people out of about sixteen responses, about sixteen people suggested topics. At least four or five people said AFKers and strikes are rampant right now. Um, that's really disappointing. I'm really disappointed in the community that that's a thing that's really prevalent. I know in D1 it was problematic, but I rarely saw it in D1. I mean, rarely saw it in D1. Uh, so that that's disappointing. If you're doing that, um, I hope you get banned, personally. I honestly do. I hope you get like a week long ban. I think that's just a trash way to play the game. And your people are doing it apparently in Gambit. They're doing it in Strikes. They're doing it in uh, they're doing it in the Haunted Forest. They're doing it everywhere. They basically load themselves up and they and they you know hit their hit their um hit their script and then they're good to go. So I I don't know. I remember I remember doing something like that at the uh, at the loot cave and I I remember feeling bad about it and I did it like one time and I felt pretty bad. And so I I would I I would want to see something happen to people that are doing this. I would want to see them go the route of we do have a spot open right now if anybody wants to join. I would go I would want to see if anybody wants to join. I would want to see them get like a temporary ban, like a week-long ban. Because essentially that's where you want to hurt these people is they're trying to cheese efficiency like they don't want to play the content so they're basically going in and not really doing anything um why have they not introduced a vote to kick feature i feel like a really really easy fix here is vote to kick for idle 
should be something that gets implemented and the only way you can stop it from happening is it should pull up and alert the person and be like you have been voted to kick because people think that you're idle please hold down you know and it should just pick random buttons that it makes you hold down to prevent yourself from being kicked for being idle so their so their their script or their macro or their pre-programmed whatever the frick is it they can't be like oh it's going to ask you to hit left trigger and right trigger well they could just program that into their macro every so many seconds so that they can cancel any vote to kick but if the vote to kick is like only respect to being idle you can't just kick somebody because you feel like being a douche like oh we're near the end of the nightfall let's kick this guy out or i don't know if nightfall nightfall doesn't have matchmaking we're near the end of the strike let's kick this guy out and invite our friend i think it'd be a real easy fix is vote to kick for idle if it's in Gambit, any, anywhere that people can be idle and be a douche and not do anything, it literally comes up on their screen, it prevents them from doing anything, and it says, hold these buttons down to you know prevent yourself from being kicked. The only outlier problem I could see with this is people could do it constantly to be annoying because it would keep popping up on your screen. So you'd have to limit how often people could do it. Maybe you can only do it like once once every so often because you shouldn't need to do it more than once they're, if, they, if they're not if they don't hit the button presses they're going to get booted and they're out if you're doing it to be a trollish douche because you want to throw that up in somebody's face I, I think that I, I think that if you do that once a game that'd be kind of pesky and annoying but nobody's going to do that once and be like oh that was really funny we really got that guy I think most people would be like I, I don't really I don't really care. Like, if somebody wants to do that once a game, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose my, my hat over it. I, because I think most people would understand. Like, this is a necessary feature because of all these losers that are not even playing. Um, and if you need to do it more than once per game, then you're being a douche. Like, you're just trying to harass somebody with it. So it's only needed once per game per player. And once you do it, it's it. That's the end. Votes is surrender and crucible, so less people quit. I just think if you turn the crucible into that, I think people would just go in and throw just for the easy rank. Like if you can go in and just throw and then vote and then vote to surrender. Oh well, then you shouldn't get any of the any you shouldn't get any valor, right? Because isn't glory's in 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 competitive, valor's in normal or whatever in quick play. I feel like people would just basically go in and throw and get the free valor at, for what being in a game for a whopping three three to four minutes. AGC Toe Boatman says, what about rewards for doing tier 4 being more rare? I think there should be a clear clear difference between a, a, a blind well wave 4 completion. There should be a humongous difference between that and a tier 2. You know, a marginal difference between that and a tier 3. Tier 4 should be again, this is where random rolls and dropping loot really can help you make your content feel more sensible. You you go in and you do the tier four, and that is a huge increase in your chances for the really, really rare loot or the really, really awesome curated roll. That is, that is such an easy, easy win. I don't know, again, I don't know why they would make content like that and not have loot drop from it. Because, like, other than doing bounties... Why are you doing blind well, right? There's there's bounties attached to it. There was the ability to get the seed. But then as soon as you don't really care about those things, 
Blind Well becomes irrelevant content, and it shouldn't be irrelevant content. It's fun, requires synergy. Tier 4 can actually be pretty challenging unless you're, you know, you're playing with dudes that know what they're doing. And I think that's good. I think it needs content. Um, I mean, I, th I think it needs loot. I think it needs a reason to go in there. Because presently, it's like, after you get to a certain point, it's just that exact same scenario that we've always seen in Destiny where you get to a certain point where really good content just does not matter. I thought Archon's Forge was so, so fun and so unrealized. Um, and I think Blind Well is just going to, it's just going to continue to fall into a similar, a similar category, which is unfortunate because they introduced really neat mechanics. Uh, it's, it's in its own area. It's got bosses that you can't fight anywhere else. And that means to me, logically, we should see some loot and some reason to be in there uh, regularly. So, I'm going to grab the next question. We might be softlocked. In Flames, do you feel the 1K Voices needs a damage buff? I just got it. I was disappointed that the Sleeper is for, better for single target damage in most cases, especially considering low reserves 1K has. Yeah, 1K's in a weird spot. Uh, 1K's in like a really, 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 really weird spot. I don't quite understand... Um, the logic of the gun. If you go into a nightfall and there's a bunch of shielded majors, it's great, especially if you have on heavyweight and solar burn. You just kind of drag it across them and they all die. Using a heavy for ad clear, to me, always feels kind of silly. When you have heavies like the Whisper and the Sleeper that can do an unbelievable amount of damage. And usually, if you're using anything else that's solar against those majors, a grenade that's solar, uh, if you go in with the Ikelos shotgun, the difference between killing those majors with the 1k voices and not killing the majors with the 1k voices isn't large enough to really warrant uh, the 1k voices existence. Now, I use it anyway because I like it on a boss where... If someone hits them with melting point, 1K voices is really, really nice. If they hit them with, um, if they hit them with anything else that damages, the, you know, that gives an increased damage buff, I honestly feel like 1K voices could maybe afford to get a, a buff from Tether because it, you can't get any crits. Um, I know it needs a buff on lower frame rates. I'm on a higher frame rate, and I never really feel like it's awful. I feel like it's easy, sort of no-skill damage on a boss. You just kind of have to just go up their body, and you get tons of damage on them. And if Melting Point's on there, it's really, really dope. I think maybe they could afford to say 1K Voices can get a, bu a buff from Tether because you can't get any crit shots. Um, uh... So in my in my opinion, 1K is fine, but they could do they could definitely do uh, do more with it. As far as like maybe getting buffs from other things, and again, it's generic damage. It doesn't take skill to use, so I think it's it's close to being right where you'd kind of want it. Mac 2099. Since there's no exclusive loot in the Blind Well, could mods like Taken Strength or others be an incentive to run Blind Well? Maybe even cores mod components in the loot mix. The thing is, is that's not bad, but that to me just isn't far enough. That's just dumping currency in it. Mods, sure, but like you can get those, you can get those, those transcendent mods fairly easily if if you just do the. She's always got bounties that reward them, so I would think, I would actually think that 
you don't really need to put those anywhere else. I never really feel like there. That's a pretty. Those are pretty. I feel like those are pretty easy to farm for. Um, I don't know. Doesn't she have a couple a week that you can that you can get usually if you grab all of her bounties? I think the best scenario is loot. I think you're even going lower than I'm going. I would go higher than that. I would say that's not quite enough. Like mod components, masterwork cores, and uh, and that transcendent mod or whatever it's called. I don't think that's far enough. I think at the very least they could add Dreaming City gear to it, because um, I think that is uh, that is a nice and justifiable farm for Dreaming City gear, and then it makes their Dreaming City trailer not so uh, not so misleading since it did say we could grind it for loot and that's not actually the case Lockhaven what would you like the ha- would you like the haunting forest to come back next year I think the haunted forest needs to be a monthly activity called the forest cleanse I think the infinite forest needs to become unstable and because it becomes unstable once a month there's a different uh, there's a different ad structure in the infinite forest and given that there's a different ad structure there's a different boss and there's potentially a different pursuable weapon so you could do that weekly like ep and have and have it rotate there's a weapon that rotates there's a boss that rotates um or or you could have it rotate monthly like faction rally so there's that there's that really really big increase in urgency like if you really want this gun, man, you've you've got a week. It's it's like faction rally. Because I think there's play there's there's a place in the game for that. That weekly that weekly urgency for something that you can get, you know, just during that time. So I think there's I think there's room for that. And I think this content would would, would work very, very well uh, with that. Uh, B Don Mac, why do you think Bungie refuses to add matchmaking for activities like EP and Blind Well, even though it's just a three-man team? They added it for the Haunted Forest. Why not for these activities? I okay, so they added it for the Haunted Forest because you can only come in with three. So I do want to speak to your 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 logic here. I get where you're coming from, and I agree with you, but I think your argumentation needs tweaked just a little bit. A strike and the Haunted Forest is a little bit more needy of needing matchmaking because it's built for three people and if you don't have three it's really frustrating now when you go into the blind well you can go in with three and then more people can be in the area it's not like if you go into a strike or the haunted forest with just one or two of you it's not like another fire team can wander in here right so I don't think you want to make that an equivalency because what you're doing is, is you're saying content that's only built for three people has matchmaking. Blind Well is built for more than more than three. Now, matchmaking, I think what you could do is limit the party size. So you go in with three and then you get match made to, you know, a solo, a duo, or a triple. Now that's cool because you're still you're still creating that I'm playing with the community and doing something pretty cool and it but it's not this like, yeah, just try and randomly do something with folks, you know, in the game instead of uh instead of doing something that's more planned. Chest over here, I'm trying to do the emote to let them know. Oh, never mind. Too late. You went and killed the ads. So, for me, 
I think that's a happy medium. I know Bungie wants to have this like romanticized idea about like what the community can come together and do. And I think matchmaking and only allowing, you know, parties of three would achieve that. Next question from Lockhaven. Do you think adding another horde type mode in December is too much? No, I don't think so because eventually, eventually content loses its solvency. And that's not necessarily a bad thing that always needs to be worked against. Like, oh no, Escalation Protocol is getting less engagement. More and more people are getting the Escalation Protocol shotgun. And we all know that's the main that's the main driver, right? That's the main reason why folks are going in to EP is to get the strongest weapon in the game. And then, you know, now they've got it for, you know, for PvE content. So for me, I don't think you need to you need to worry about oh no, we're going to add too much cuz slowly but surely blind well EP and other content like this should just it should just lose intrigue and solvency and that's actually fine and then adding something new you have other planets you have uh, you know you could always loop back around and reinvent things like they did with infinite forest so there's always the ability to in like a year from now say okay we're going to completely change blind well because infinite forest is is dramatically different now with haunted forest than it was in, uh, in its inception. Now it truly feels like you're going through wave-based combat and it's getting harder and harder and harder, which is right in line with what myself and many other people said they should do with this, is just make it loopable and have it get harder each time. You could even have it be truly infinite. Like, don't even, don't even have the don't even have the timer. Don't even have the timer. You don't need the timer. You could just let us keep going. And then obviously, once you get to like like wave 10 and beyond, should have a wiping mechanic in place. Wave 10 and beyond should have a wiping mechanic in place. So you have to you have to stay alive and play it and play it, you know, more safe. But you could just keep going forever. I think that would be really, really cool. And then have something just ridiculously insane at like wave 20. Because if you're if you're managing to not wipe and do enough damage and get through, you know, 15 through 20, you could do something really interesting in 20. I think there should be a, a branch level where the knight, the invincible knight, becomes killable, and that's like a huge triumph and a chance in an exotic or something. That would be a really, really neat, uh, another really neat iteration on the content. Because as it stands right now, this content is a great evolution of Infinite Forest, but you haven't quite taken the content forward with the rest of Destiny. Because the rest of Destiny has life breathed into it by random rolls and drop specific stuff. The Nightfall is that way. Um, Obviously, Escalation Protocol doesn't have random rolls, but it has the specific drops. And so you need to pull Infinite Forest forward with the rest of the game and have loot drops with random rolls inside of it. Um, and I think that this content's crying out for that and if they do more wave-based stuff I think that's cool because Blind Well and Infinite Forest don't feel remotely the same at all they're very different in their theme and in their style the issue is never going to be is it fun to play? This type of wave-based combat is really fun to just boot up with your buds and just kind of mindlessly go through it it always falls off the rails and loses its luster when there's really, really when there's no loot to chase. You just get to that point where you're like, 
what's even the reason to run this if it's basically just there to oh I got a bounty and then that's and then that's kind of the end of it uh that's all that to me is always a danger with destiny because destiny is a game about pursuing loot and if you have containers of content that don't have loot then i feel like what happens is you end up with people feeling like there's there's nothing to do when there is stuff to do you really shortchange your content if the if the community feels like because people used to say that about Destiny 2, and I always had to correct them. I'm like, this is not like Destiny 1. Destiny 1 had an absence of things to do and stuff and cool stuff to chase, right? You could chase tier 12, you could chase god rolls, etc. But there wasn't a whole lot of content. Destiny 2 is in this weird place where they create stuff quantitatively, but then they leave out that depth. They're like, yeah, there's no real reason uh, to run it. You never want to have this much content, Lost Sectors, Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, Infinite Forest, Haunted Forest, Faction Rally if it comes back, you know, the potential to have Arms Week come back. You never want to have that much content and people being able to say, yeah, I don't have anything to do. That's like I, that's like having a bunch of playground equipment on at a school that's and most of it's broken. You know what I mean? It's like, you look at this giant playground with all these potential activities, and all the kids are shrugging, being like, there's nothing to do. The only thing that really is is, is working is the seesaw and the swing set. All that dope equipment over there, it's all broken. So in a loot-based game, when you have activities with no loot to chase, that's when players start to shrug their shoulders, and they're like, I don't have anything to do. Now, I don't think anybody's saying that right now, to be fair. I think most people are approaching their weekly activities, and they're like, gee many freaking Christmas like I'm never going to get all this stuff done there's so many milestones there's so many bounties there's so many things to do but eventually players transcend beyond caring about milestones and they start caring about loot and that's when they're going to look at your content and say there's only a few activities that really drop loot that I care about the raid if you don't have 1k voices yet and then you know there's gear and gambit that's pretty cool there's nightfall specific loot uh, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of areas of the game that I feel like could just have more loot put into it because that is when that is when players dig in and do like a grasp of Malak farm because that's why I did it for the warden's law you know the warden's law especially because I still don't have the one that I want uh, JPR 2507 what would I like from what would you like from the black armory uh, I said this quite a bit especially since my escalation protocol video escalation protocol shotgun video i had somebody say in the comment section like you don't want to keep beating that dead horse but i really do feel like ep shoddy is tied to incentivization uh vacancy in the game in a game that forsaken was supposed to really bring back that loot incentivization and so i feel like that that gun in particular is going to continue to make me say I want perks in the game that are new and I want and maybe maybe energy weapons that get some good treatment so that I feel like I need to put that gun down. Like my goal with Black Armory, my goal and my hope is Black Armory unseats and disrupts the year 1 PvE weapon meta being so prevalent. Watch Glad run through Haunted Forest with a midnight coup and 
the Escalation Protocol shotgun and 1K Voices or the Sleeper. I'm pretty sure he runs 1K Voices, but 1K Voices isn't that dramatically different than Sleeper, you know, and it's a rare gun, so a lot of people that don't have it are probably just going to run Sleeper. Watch people run content like that, and, and how do you not scratch your head and think, a $40 DLC turns the franchise around, all this loot, all these, all these, all these uh, random rolls to chase, and when people really break it down to brass tacks, they're running a year one loadout. A Midnight Coup, an Escalation Protocol shotgun, and Sleeper. Or, you know, maybe 1K Voices. Okay? So when I look at the Black Armory, I want to disrupt that. Um, I want to disrupt it. It's broken. Uh, he gets that broken high FPS damage. I didn't know it was considered broken damage on the 1K. I mean, I it struggled. It struggled against a stationary target against EP shotguns. So I didn't feel like it was broken damage. I know it can do a lot, especially if melting points in the mix. Um, so but when I look at the Black Armory, that's what I say. I want, I, I like, I want to see. Okay, so December rolls around. I want to see January. I want to see all the speedrunners and all the hardcore PVE guys using completely different loadouts. Because there was new stuff in Black Armory that really, really changed things up for them and really unseated year one, year one loadouts. Like, new loot needs to have worthy pursuit. And right now, it's so difficult to justify because of the lack of perks that matter, the lack of solvency for energy weapons outside of EP shoddy and even if you don't have EP shoddy high rate of fire shotguns are still just going to really really outperform any other any other uh, energy weapon uh, they don't use 1000 voices for boss damage they use it to clear ads super quick they use EP shotgun for boss DPS yeah there you go I mean he's not even using the 1k because it's just so easy to blind well melting point uh, I'm sorry, Well of Radiance melting point these guys. And especially if you're like me and you're running the invulnerability in the air, the bosses just become less, they become less risky. You just stay in the air and can keep resetting trench barrel and you're not taking any damage. Uh, and again, this is unique to the Haunted Forest, obviously. You couldn't do this in other, you know, other PvE content because you can't jump in the air and make yourself invulnerable. But that invulnerability is, is silly good uh, in here. Um, so that, that's just, that's where I'm going to land on, on the black armory. I really want to see year one loadouts, uh, get, get disrupted. And I just realized those of you watching live or on YouTube, I have my, my chair slightly cropped out. I must've bumped my monitor and moved my camera a little bit. Uh, Zima, is there specific loot from Hanna's Forge chest? I fell into the pit before the chest at the end of the encounter. I didn't get it. No, uh, uh-uh, there's no loot. It just drops out the, the fragments and you get those at the postmaster. Even if there was loot, the loot would have gone to your postmaster. And when you watch my haunted uh, haunted forest video, that is one of the things I call on. I want this content in the game regularly, and I want loot to drop from the encounter. Wiggity Whack says, "Is there any value to pre-forsaken legendary armor?" No, there's not, unless um, unless you really, really, really like it. The lack of the lack of perks really really hurts it and see this is where the spectrum of difference between your legendary armor from year one and your legendary armor from year two is so clearly slanted towards saying new legendary armor is so much better this is where the weapons could really really learn a hard lesson armor was so limited 
in year one, it was real easy to outpace it. And we all thought, I thought especially, you go back and watch my videos, like I animately said, you're not going to want to use any year one weapons except for exotics because it was like new weapons are going to have so many more potential perks on them. Well, I had to eat crow because it was like they didn't really expand the the pool of perks. So you still have this, you still have this, this system of neat, rampage outlaw is is just so so strong on the midnight coup it's still just a almost a perfect weapon and you 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 use other hand cannons that's totally fine but you're you're still you're still not going to notice this enormous difference between using a, an outlaw rampage midnight coup and an outlaw rampage any other hand cannon now some people are like oh well you could get an outlaw rampage uh, better devils I actually was told that the better devils can't roll outlaw rampage so my I have an outlaw kill clip that's really nice but some people especially in PvE just prefer maintaining rampage rampage is a little bit easier to maintain in PvE because the ads are so prevalent and rampage gets a bigger buff than kill clip kill clips a little bit more built for PV uh, for PvP just because it's triggered off of the reload and then as you re-enter the lane off the reload it's more likely you're going to get kill clip Rampage is more set for environments like what I'm doing right now where I'm on a Rampage 2 because there's just so many ads for me to keep killing um, so not being able to roll Rampage on the Better Devils still leaves the Midnight Coup with Outlaw Rampage in the Kinetic slot as just it feels like such an easily superior Kinetic option to virtually all kinetic options that you have unless you just absolutely hate uh, hand cannons Dauntless, just a quick opinion is it too much to hunt for Haunted Forest to test for match made event like what we have for EP in the well uh, can you give Bungie that much credit um alright here's the thing I, I want to give them credit because that could be a thing right infinite forest is something that's in a public space and it now has matchmaking so that means they could do the same thing with Blind Well and Escalation Protocol. Like That doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I really think... the And here's why matchmaking is really needed for Blind Well and Escalation Protocol. Because in, engagement's going to go down. Engagement's going to go down, and the further away you get from the solvency of the, uh, of the content, the closer you get to people going into the content and having no one to play with. And that is a humongous bummer. You've got this. You've got this great piece of content. You've got a community that wants to play it, and they can't because like the engagement goes down. So that that's a huge reason to keep uh, to put matchmaking in content like this because you know it's naturally going to get less engagement over time. You just you're gonna over time see less and less people going in. Somebody comes to the game late. You got all these people buying the game now who are gonna slowly but surely level up, and then they're gonna say, "Oh my gosh, I want that Escalation Protocol shotgun," and then they're gonna turn around and be like, "Yeah, Warmind came out like ten months ago. Almost nobody's in there uh, doing it, and it becomes extremely hard for them to do." I that's not something that's not something you want, uh, especially. Uh, for new players you never want to have new players feeling like they can't do the content that everyone's saying is so good um finding people to to do blind well is already hard yeah blind well is especially in a crappy situation and i'll tell you why 
Warmind's public space didn't have this uh, intrinsic limitation on who could be there. At the beginning, like, Dreaming City would punch your freaking teeth in because you were underleveled. And so less people were in the area, right? Well, then the people that, like, so, like, the scales are all slanted, right? You have the small percentage of the community that's like, I can run blind well, I'm high enough power level to be in the Dreaming City. This is great, right? And then those people fall off because they learn that, like, blind is not really worth their time. Then the rest of the community starts to filter into that endgame area, and they're filtering in slower, so the the trickle of players feeling strong enough to be in areas like Dreaming City and Blind Well is a slower trickle, meaning your player engagement's kind of wonky. But with matchmaking, it takes care of all of that. It takes care of all of that. You're always able to just click a button and get thrown in with people. Whether it's at the height of its interest, whether it's at the lowest interest point, you're getting to play the content with people that want to play it. So again, I call on Bungie to stop being romantic about what people may or may not do in the public space and empower players to engage with content you're creating. Stop creating content and putting unnecessary hurdles in the way of the player playing it. That is dumb. Why make the content? Why? Right? Here's content. It's going to be hard for you to get in there and play it because there's no matchmaking. You know what I'm saying? Mac2099, what other unique mods would you like to see or have ideas for? I mean, in the realm of mods, I would really, really like to see a reload mod. Um, just because it'd be really cool to get a god-tier hand cannon roll and be able to get close to Outlaw with a mod. Now, not necessarily as fast as Outlaw. You don't want to get absurd here. But giving players that choice to be like, well, Outlaw is really good, but this perk's close enough, and if I pair it with a pair of gauntlets, it's it's really close to Outlaw, and now I can grind for another perk. I don't have to grind for Outlaw. Outlaw's like the perk on hand cannons, right? I've always said it was my favorite perk, and you're really starting to see why, because it's just, it helps you maintain damage. And with perks like Rampage, maintaining damage is incredibly important, because it just lets you keep going. And so, like like I said, drop mag on an auto rifle is amazing. Why? Auto rifles have so much ammo, and ammo drops enough, especially if it's a kinetic auto rifle. Ammo drops enough, you're rarely going to run out of ammo for an auto rifle it ain't like a hand cannon where drop mag is gonna feel like a a, a, a an actual risk it certainly didn't feel like a risk uh with an auto rifle just because of the prevalence of the ammo so i would love to see mod like that now a mod um rapid hit plus enhanced loader works very close yeah but first blood you're just trading you're just trading outlaw for rapid hit you see what i'm saying I want to get rid of Outlaw so I can have another perk in that slot that could potentially make the gun more lethal. Rapid hit, trading Rapid hit for Outlaw, you're not netting me a new perk. You're netting me a similar perk. So the perk slot on the gun is still being taken up by a reload perk. Does that make sense? I'm trying to literally get rid of Outlaw so I can have something else in that in that slot. I don't even know what I would go for. I don't even know what could potentially take Outlaw's place in most of the slots that it lands. Like... What could you potentially get that now that because you're putting a mod on, remember, you're putting a mod on, which means what are you sacrificing on most hand cannons? What mod are you putting on there? Probably targeting adjuster. So 
you're sacrificing that targeting adjuster and since you don't have outlaw you don't necessarily need to constantly hit those headshots obviously you want to hit more headshots that's more lethal but like yeah somebody says rangefinder yeah like a rangefinder a rangefinder rampage hand cannon that with the right gauntlets and then the reload mod being close to outlaw so you're you're having a pretty decent time maintaining rampage that'd be it that could be a potentially killer weapon because rampage on a rangefinder weapon that has good reload you'd be able to engage more weapons at range that's why this half dan auto rifle is silly because i'm i'm able as long as we're not wrecking too hard i'm able to really maintain the rampage at range which is nice because that's more enemies that i'm able to shoot effectively that's a bold statement. Remove outlaw. I mean, I didn't say remove outlaw. I just said give me the choice to say, oh, there's viable roles on this hand cannon without outlaw because I can throw on a reload. Um, I can throw on a reload mod, and I could grind for as John is saying, and I can grind for a reload masterwork. So if I put a reload mod on it, grind for it to have a reload masterwork and have reload gauntlets on, that frees me up from feeling the need to run Outlaw with Rampage, and I could potentially have a very different role, which would feel cool. Not just on hand cannons, I mean, I'm just saying in general, more mods to give players freedom with respect to which role they think is god role, or which role they think is pinnacle, mods could empower us to do that. You know? Rangefinder plus explosive rounds? There you go. Yeah, if I don't need outlaw, then I can run explosive rounds and not feel like I'm potentially uh, hurting myself because explosive rounds kind of always interferes with outlaw a little bit. It stuns them a lot and, and kind of causes glitches. Uh, Nova hands. Hey, Lono, do you think Bungie just ran out of time and couldn't get a similar loop pool for EP for Blind Well? Well, EP came with a DLC. This, um... Oh, you said Blind Well. For some reason, I was thinking Haunted Forest. Do you think they ran out of time? I don't know what happened. Like I said, their trailer literally makes it look like like go watch the trailer. I'm I'm not I made a, I, I I quote unquote was really wrong and I made a mountain out of a molehill when Bungie had a PVP trailer that completely misrepresented what what Destiny's PVP was like. And then guess what the most common complaint about PVP all of year one was that it was nothing like that trailer. But you know I'm wrong for usual. I was right in that in situation right. It just took time for people to realize it. And this is a similar situation. It's like, I'm not making a mountain out of a molehill here. You had a trailer that misrepresented the content. Like, why did you guys have a trailer that made it look like I could grind blind well for gear or that blind well had its own gear? Like, I don't know. I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a fairly uh, fair request, you know, to, to ask of folks is, or Bungie to say, man, you guys, you guys should put some loot in here. You did it for EP. You know, do it for this. I don't know if they ran out of time. I mean, they did create a crap ton of content for Forsaken. Um, which trailer he's, is he referring to? So, okay, rewind the clock. It was like a week or two before Destiny 2 was launching. They tweeted out a PvP trailer, and I took issue with it. I said, okay, this literally looks nothing like, this looks nothing like the PvP in Destiny 2. Because I had played the beta on the console, I had played the beta on PC, and I was like, that is literally not, that is not Destiny 2 PvP, that's another freaking game. 
k and i wasn't the only one to point this out for whatever reason triple rec deleted his tweets but even he pointed out initially that the damage was even different they basically buffed the damage of all the weapons in the trailer and i took issue with it i was like okay if if people are watching that trailer and buying buying destiny 2 with the expectation that that's the type of pvp they're gonna get they're gonna be really freaking ticked because it's not even close like we're not even talking about like a margin of error of difference we're talking about they had a trailer for a different version of destiny okay then what becomes the number one complaint about pvp is that it was boring and slow now i don't know if anybody really went back and said it was nothing like that trailer but to me that that was part of the big problem that was part of the that was part of the equation of frustration is that people want pvp to feel and look like it did in the trailer and bungie knows that or they wouldn't have made the trailer look like that right they wouldn't have made the trailer look like that so it's just another situation where for whatever reason the marketing the marketing got away from the product and i don't know why and to me it added some frustration for me because i got in blind well and i was like dude this content's so so fun and i remember when i came to the realization uh coming to the realization that there was no loot in there um and that only blues drop from the end and i was like okay wait so if blues only drop from the end it's just like a really really long public event with bounties tied to it now it's got some other things right the offering and and, and what have you but i don't know it just feels like content worthy of grind worthy of drops uh haji five says do you think festival of the lost masks should decrease player power light level it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because you're you're you only need them you only need them and you only get the benefit of wearing them in the haunted forest so it doesn't matter because you're not now they make you go into like gambit and some other places if you want to do the bounties but that i mean come on it's like one game and if you and if you're pretty high power level it doesn't nerf you that bad drops me to the 520s um I don't think it matters, you know. It's only you only have to wear the mask outside of the haunted forest for like uh what is it? It's uh there's one for a strike, there's one for a heroic story, and then there's one for gambit. And I think that there's one like get 15 kills in crucible. Obviously don't go into iron banner and make yourself 520, you know, the the power difference between a 520 and a 590 might be enough to be, you know, kind of annoying. Uh, and make you not wanna not wanna wear the mask in there. It's only 15 kills too, and again, it's only a bounty, so it's not like you have to wear the mask for the event everywhere, and then it's making you super nerfed everywhere. Uh, JD Champ, are you glad they brought back lever penalties uh, to Gambit? You mean quitter <laughs> lever? Uh, you mean quitter penalties? It depends if it's working properly. Obviously, at the beginning of the content, the problem that we ran into was, um, you, you couldn't, you couldn't consistently stay connected. And so people were getting quitter penalties applied to them because they were, you know, they were getting DC'd. Uh, and you know, obviously we're hoping that that's not happening now. In a perfect world, the quitter penalties are going to make people stay in. And that's what we want. If that's being achieved, then quitter penalties are just and should be in there. 
I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's achieving what it's achieving because I don't play Gambit right now. I can't stand it. Um. Do you think? Do you think Destiny Two Directory will continue to have steady viewership? Um. I think it'll have steady viewership, but not growing viewership. It will not have growing viewership. Um. People are not getting higher and higher viewership. They are getting the same and slightly less. And everyone's sharing viewers. So you can watch certain streamers. They'll have bigger days and they'll have bigger numbers when certain people aren't on because they share they share community and they share, you know, viewership type. Um, so for example, like Glad and Slayer, if they're on at the same time, they're both both of their viewership kind of evens out and hits equilibrium. If they're on completely separate and by themselves and they're working on something dope, they each get really, really great viewership. So there's a pocket of people that love Destiny and love that style of endgame speedrun content. There's people in Destiny that love that, but there's only so many of them. So if both those homies are on at the same time, they 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 split the viewership. And so and that's not a problem. That's not a problem. That's existed since um that's existed since like Destiny came out. Uh but I think that's like the first time I've died. I didn't stay in the air. But that means that the directory's not growing. You can even see that with like long standing like OG streamers that used to pull big viewership. If they're on at the same time as like other long standing friends of theirs, their viewership gets like cut in half. There are people that cannot pull the viewership they used to pull in this directory if they're on at the same time as other streamers. And that means that's not that's not a slam. That's just a symptom of the of the uh, that's a symptom of the directory not growing. You're splitting up the same group of people. You're splitting up you're you're splitting up like the same couple thousand people. Um, and a lot of people, as Ed is pointing out, some people have been getting front page. Jay Sniperton had front page. Akugan's gotten front page. I personally don't think front page turns into channel growth. Um, I watch people's viewer averages and they never go up after they never go up after their front page stuff is over. As soon as front page is over, they settle back down into their into their equilibrium. Why? I'll tell you why. Front page is unfocused viewership. It's literally you're literally getting a viewer bump from people that are not watching your channel. Oh sorry, I clicked off the QA. Um, you're literally getting a viewer bump from people that are not watching your channel. So it looks great, right? You're high in the directory. You got like 3,000 viewers. I've done it before, and so I'm speaking from experience here. You get this huge bump, right? You're like, oh my gosh, 2,000 viewers. Look at that. Look how high I'm in the directory. But guess what? The Destiny directory still only has so many people that are actually coming to it and that are actually interested in watching content. So all you're doing, all you're doing is splitting the same viewers, and you're just getting a little bit of an extra bump from being at the top of the directory and so you're getting a slight you're getting a slight bump in exposure but the same number of people are in the directory and given that the same number of people are in the directory that means you're not growing in the interested party lane i want interested parties i want people watching my channel that are interested in destiny that are interested in destiny content and front page in my opinion doesn't do that it doesn't do that so, I think directory rotation could help people. Like, if you told me, we'll give you front page, or we'll rotate you to the top of the directory periodically, um, which would you prefer? I would prefer 
being rotated in directory periodically because that's putting me in front of interested parties and it doesn't put me in this weird awkward spot of like why do you have so many viewers and your chat you don't seem to have a chat of 3,000 viewers like what is this it would be like oh why are you at the top of the directory you only have like let's say they did it for me in Fortnite. Oh, you only have, you know, 400 viewers. Why are you at the top of the directory? Oh, they put me on a rotator in the directory, so it's throwing me up here just so you can check my content out. Oh, neat. I like Fortnite. What do you typically do? I play with the community. I do characters. Blah, 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 blah. I do challenges. This and that. This and that. Da, 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 da. Then what's happening is you're getting rotated in front of people that are looking to watch Fortnite. The same thing would happen in Destiny. You only have 200 viewers. Why are you all the way at the top of the directory? You only have 100 viewers. Why are you all the way at the top of the directory? Oh, they're rotating me just so that, you know, you can see other people. You can get to see some new content, you know. Well, that, again, is focused viewership. Those are people that are like, I want to check out some Destiny content today. Who's this Jay Sniperton fellow? Who's this, you know, who's this? Who are these WTF Game Nation guys? Like, why are they all the way up here at the top above T-Rex, right? Then they get checked out by an interested party, they get some followers, they get some potential community growth. The reason that I don't think front page does anything for channel growth or viewer averages going up is because people just think like, oh, you're just getting a bunch of free viewers from front page, and there's just something about it that like I don't think I don't think it creates a channel growth vibe. I just don't think it does. And again, I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from experience. I got people from front page not because they saw me on front page, but because I was higher in the directory. It's not the increased viewership, it's the increased rank in the directory that leads to channel growth. Uh, JJ Saxon. Do you think Destiny will ever have a loadout system similar to the Division or Call of Duty? Do you think the content justifies having diverse loadouts? Yes, I think it does. Um, I think that loadouts are a great, great evolution of Destiny. Because you have ghosts and you could potentially have gear sets that what if you get a full armor set on Tangled Shore and because you have a full armor set on the Tangled Shore, you get, you know, a damage buff. So then you got your Tangled Shore ghost. You got, oh, I didn't hear him. You got your Tangled Shore ghost. You got your Tangled Shore armor set and you create a loadout. Oh, I'm on the Tangled Shore. Oh, I am. I'm in a Tangled Shore strike. Click the button for loadout, go in your menu, sw- you know, rotate your loadouts, maybe even have the... Not being able to hear is making this really freaking hard. I just wanted to go down and get that ammo. Uh, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, you can do loadouts with Ishtar. You can do loadouts with Dim. Well, yeah, but that's outside the game. So that's not a solution in the game. And most people aren't, you know, aren't there's a lot of people that use Dim and Ishtar but right now the only real reason you would do it is for the ghosts so you know again this is a justification for saying let's have armor sets let's have gun sets that do more damage in a given activity or a given location contextual power that would really justify the loadout system a double low status system is terrible without transmog when the armor sets you're forced to wear for buffs look like trash. I mean, yeah, but you, you're you wearing Titan armor on Titan and Titan armor looks like Titan stuff. Like, 
I don't think transmog is the answer because armor and guns in this game, they have identity. Um, they have identity. So a gun from Titan or a gun from wherever looks a certain way because of its origin, and I think that's cool. I think transmog cheapens that a little bit, you know? Transmog is basically like, yeah, you, you know, you can wear whatever you want. That's raid armor with raid... Again, a justification for raid perks, right? That's raid armor with raid perks, but you make it look like Vanguard armor. That's just kind of weird, in my opinion, to be like, here here's here's endgame loot, here's loot with perks, or here's loot that has an origin, like a gun or, a, you know, armor. I might be okay with it on armor, but just not on guns, I think. I don't know. I feel like guns are... Guns are in a different class... They're in a different class. Like I don't want to see them constantly sort of cheapened by transmog, especially especially when you you get them from really really hard endgame content and being like, yeah, I got this really awesome hand cannon from this strike. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna put it and make it look like a vanguard gun, and it doesn't make you know any sense. So invulnerability in the air is is the way to go. By the way, in haunted forest. Uh, how do you like the Black Talon? Black Talon's got a lot of a lot of great use and purpose in Haunted Forest, just because I have on the invulnerability in the air, or it's like significant damage resistance in the air. I'm basically invulnerable, and I can justify staying in the air. I also have increased heavy drops, that's making it basically always have its heavy. Very unique situation. Almost no no other content where you'd want to run Black Talon like this. Now, if they make heavy ammo, if they make heavy ammo finder a perk that frickin' works, Nightfall with a void and a heavyweight could be justifiable. Could be justifiable to run it. Uh, Fenho saw a post on Reddit where someone suggested swords be moved to energy. A buff is coming soon, I believe, but what are your thoughts on moving them there? Uh, could be another option for close range and add clear like a shoddy. I could get behind this, honestly. You don't need to damage buff swords. I think you could just move swords to energy. I don't think swords are functioning in the game outside of what you just saw me do and what I just described for Black Talon in a very narrow, super narrow and limited time event. Black Talon's the only sword that I've even seen used in a way that I'm using it right now. Um, Being able to say, I'm not going to run EP Shot. This has got a lot of majors in it and this sword's got like a really nice knockback and it feeds itself ammo if you use it properly. It's a real fun and saucy alternative to a shotgun. That'd be kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I would I would actually think an easy fix. So there's some easy fixes that may not be easy in the long run, but at least at first at first blush, I'm like, okay, you could make SMGs energy weapons right now, chop their ammo in half. And have them benefit from have them benefit from an uh, you know a, a huge damage bump. You know, have them benefit from a huge damage bump, and then you're like, oh, an SMG is actually a viable close range option now because you're gonna eat through your ammo just like you do with an EP shoddy, but but you're gonna you're gonna get this huge damage buff because they've turned it into an energy weapon instead of a kinetic. Um, because SMGs are basically worthless primaries in PvE right now. They're certainly saucy in PvP. So obviously what I'm saying, all the PvP guys are kind of cringing. They're like, what, SMGs that are stronger in PvP? Oh my word. 
So you'd have to maybe say SMGs that are energy are only going to get the damage buff in PvE so as not to turn, you know, PvP into Call of Duty. Because that's kind of what it would feel like. That time that kill would be ridiculous at close range. And so many of the maps, I mean, people are already closing range with shotties. Um, now, if you really, really limited the ammo in Crucible to the degree that, like, shotties and snipers are being limited in Crucible, that might be the solution. Because then an SMG with the right damage buff and the right ammo restrictions could be a wonderful shotgun shutdown weapon. Because you'd be like, well, I only get 40 shots. I get a clip, and that's it. Like, somebody charges me. Um, now, somebody might push back and be like, yeah, but you're always getting it. So that would just, again, turn it into Call of Duty. So it might not work. Uh, ornament I'm sorry one man army hey Lono do you feel that like there needs to be a better chat or player interaction option in game especially uh, on PC I feel it's very difficult to meet a group with people I feel like they've added some good options to say you know you can type to each other um, and if you get in if you get in in and around communities that have discord for you Obviously, that's that's a little niche, but you can put Discord on a mobile device now, and you could even tell people like, "Hey, I set up a Discord server. You know, here's the address. If you go to this address on your mobile device, or if you get Discord, that obviously is doing the same thing that I always kind of push back against, right? Like requiring LFG, requiring outside software. So, doesn't the in-game voice chat work? You can like toggle to go into it and talk to people. I don't know how easy or hard that is to do, though, because I don't use it. Jaded Mistrust. How would you make Blindwell more interesting or rewarding? With so much to do during the week, Blindwell is usually lower on mine and my friends list things to do. I addressed this in the talk. Uh, rotate rotate the loot. Random rolls. Because uh, you already have the, the enemies and the bosses rotating. So if there's loot and random rolls to pursue, just the same way as EP, EP weapons, I think that's what you would do. Uh, Bower Socks. Do you think they should add the Forsaken Enemies to the forest? Uh, be it Haunted Forest... Or your idea, infinite forest cleanse. I mean, if there's a weekly, if there's a weekly forest cleanse or a monthly forest cleanse, then you have justification for rotating enemies and rotating loot, just like Escalation Protocol. Escalation Protocol, I keep referencing it because that was one of the first times they did something that wasn't a nightfall, where the loot changed each time. You know, strikes strikes weren't doing that. Raids weren't doing that. Iron Banner did that in D1. You know, it would show up and the loot would be different. But I don't think Trials did that. It was like if you went flawless, there was a chance at gear. You turn in the bounties, there was a chance at gear. So I think EP introduced a logistical loot delivery idea that makes for... You know, Nightfall did it first, right? With Nightfall specific loot. It's like, well, this week you can farm for a grasp, so get in there and farm for it. And then Skeleton Keys kind of undercut that because you didn't need to wait for the Nightfall. So I want to see more of that. I just think that 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 sense of urgency, and I think there's a good compromise, as I said in a couple of videos, the fact that there's three Nightfalls a week, that sense of urgency and the increased rhythm with which a Nightfall shows up uh, because of it being three at a time... I think is really, I think is it just, I don't know. It puts it into a really, really great place. No lives left. Do you think Bungie could make it uh, so you can have a fire team of nine uh, to, and there's a landing point in blind well where you can leave the blind well area, possibly already get nine friends in there using randoms from there. I mean, that's really convoluted. I mean, I, I feel like just adding matchmaking 
and then say you can only party up to three and if you really really want to play with your buds if you really really want to play with your buds have them match try and matchmake at the same time now obviously that has that can have outlier problems right you get in there and a team's all excited because they got match made with you and you're not excited because you're trying to match with your buddies and so then you leave and those guys are like oh well frick what so a fill option would be good because if people get left in there they could be like oh no worries it'll put people in here soon just just chill right just chill and if that were the case that would be okay again I, I may talk out of both sides of my mouth here restricting it to a party of three might not be a good idea for the problem that I just outlined because people may say oh well I want to play with my six homies just like we just got done raiding we want to go do blind well runs well the problem with that is is that people are going to throw themselves into matchmaking get grumpy that they didn't get paired with their buds and they're just going to keep backing out until they do um I don't know why this thing's not auto-procking on the enemies and I'm just hitting the wall like a complete and utter doof. That was kind of silly. Um, they were right next to me. Maybe somebody was stuck on the wall or something. So I think that's always a danger. That's always a danger. You add a solution like that and then it can potentially create more problems than it solves. I'm going to go back here and see if it opened up a chest area because I kind of feel like it may have uh, down here attached to this sometimes when you kill the daemons these areas have those chest areas open up dx vader if you can pick one d1 exotic weapon to bring back to d2 uh what would it be i don't really get into this conversation because i don't want d1 exotics to come back generally i'm i'm usually of the of the mindset that not bringing them back is better and delivering new exotics is better look at how so few freaking exotics we got in forsaken like so few exotic guns and everybody's getting like a bunch of year ones you know so now some people might be really excited because they're like well it's been so long it'll feel new right it's been so long since we got a last word but i don't know i'm not a big fan of bringing them back vanity light do you think they should or could bring back three of coins? No, there's no reason to. Um, three of coins isn't needed. Uh, exotic drop rates are going to get kind of fixed with respect to forsaken drop rates being, you know, there. And exotic drops should be low. I think they just overswung. And the reason they overswung was because, as I just said, there were almost no exotics added. There's a very small exotic pool added. Uh, a bad speller. Lono. What new weapon types would you like to see over the course of D2? Machine guns, brand new type of weapons. I would love to see trace rifles become more normative. Um, I don't like that they're only exotic. I think they I think they can be really, really fun. And since they're only exotic, that just limits a unique engagement type, just sustained damage. That gives opportunity for some cool things. As I said before, you could do something really, really cool with trace rifles where if you do enough sustained damage, it creates a little void suppression field. Uh, you create enough arc damage, it starts to chain the lightning. Uh, you create enough fire damage, it does a big explosion and like uh, damage over time. This again would create unique, uh, unique engagement options. Bosses and majors surrounded by ads, you would focus the trace rifle on the major and then get the sustained damage bonus on the surrounding enemies. But again, that isn't really possible when you have a whopping three trace rifles in the game, one of which is a stupid PlayStation 4 exclusive. Um, 
So would love to see trace rifles show up. Now, I've talked about rail guns, like from Quake, where you would call it a rail fusion rifle. So instead of a linear, it would be a rail. It would have no charge time. It would go, shoot immediate, and then it would go to get ready. So it would go, immediately shoot, and then it would go and charge back up. That could be a cool precision weapon type that isn't in the game right now. I got knocked. Um, that could be a cool precision type gun that isn't in the game right now that could add some sauce to damage uh, damage potential uh, both in PvP and in PvE um, that could be pretty cool. Uh, I get too hard. What are your thoughts and feelings on having to always pick up triumphs from NPCs every day? Having to load into the tower, then plan in NPC areas, actually area you want to go before you start playing gets to be annoying. Uh, I think this is a this is a this is a bit of an overstatement. Um, number one, they're not triumphs or bounties. Number two, uh, number two, I actually don't think it's that bad to take a little round robin trip to the to the to the tower every day. You check the Eververse if you haven't yet. You go get all your bounties, and then you go out and you go. You don't have to get the bounties on each planet if you're doing that. Holy frick, what are you doing? If you're doing that, if you're going to every planet and grabbing the bounties, don't do that. I, I don't have a problem with that. Now, maybe, maybe you could make an argument for, like, landing on a planet and just being, like, once you're on the planet, you can pull your ghost out and just say, accept all bounties. Because the challenge is you should just be, like, in that menu on your ghost. You didn't have to, like, do anything. I might be able to get behind it on a planet. Because usually you just land on a planet near the lost sector or near the newest public event or the or the, the, the soonest public event. I don't have a problem with it being in the tower the way that it is. You know, requiring you kind of walk around and grab bounties from all the NPCs. I think that's a that's a that's a small hindrance to keep that feel that like the tower is the hub. I, keeping that feel in the game, I think, is okay. I don't think it's that harmful to the player experience. Um, and if anything, people are like, it's a social game, and it's so hard to find people to play with. Well, if, if you if you if you make it to where nobody's going to the tower, I mean, you're gonna limit you're gonna limit players' ability to uh, find other players to play with even more so, uh, even more so. Because there's nobody ever going into the tower. Uh, they're all just going, you know, they're all just doing everything from their from their ship or from the planets when they land on them. So I think it can be pretty important uh, to just the game's feel overall. So this guy's doing melting point too, so I've been saving mine so we can stagger it out. And as long as I jump, I take like no damage at all next question marvelous bacon would you like the devs to add or change content for the first raid and raid layers so there's a reason to play them again are you fine with players playing the new stuff i think they added an adequate amount of relevancy to the raids and raid layers with cat exotic catalysts i was fine with that i do not think raids should have infinite relevancy leviathan sucked anyways and the raid layers weren't that great um they honestly weren't Spire of Stars was amazing, and, you know, Wrath, I'm sorry, Vicarious Visions did a great job, but no one, there was no, there was almost no loot incentive, so just, those just, they just fell flat, they just fell flat as content. Now, if you want to say, hey, why don't we do something called a raid gauntlet? Oh no, we knocked him off. We're gonna get, I think we just soft locked ourselves. 
Yeah, he might respawn back up, but we just knocked the daemon off. Oh, yeah, he did over there. He did over there. Okay, we're good. I think it's the turrets, maybe, that don't respawn. So, I like, to me... I, I'm fine. I'm fine with 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 the idea that like the raids get left behind. But you could do something like a raid gauntlet where maybe it's like a unique version of the raid where you do Leviathan followed by the prestiges right in a row, and there's a whole new swath of loot and armor sets that look cool. Random rolls, you know. Maybe you could do that. I might be able to get behind that. It's a weekly activity. It's called the raid gauntlet. But again, I, I can't stand that content. So my bias is like really grading against even my idea. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go in there. Um, but I might be inclined to if you did something like that with a really, really strong loot incentive. Because right now, as it stands, you wouldn't be able to get me to go in there a whole lot. Uh, a whole lot. Argos is arguably the best boss fight they created until Spire of Stars. Yeah, but you're not comparing it to much. I mean, if you're comparing it to any of the fights in D1, I would, I will, I will fight you. The boss, there were many boss fights in D1 that are light years better than Argos. But in D2, if you're talking D2, you don't have much to compare it to, because um, D2 just doesn't have any good fights in it. <laughs> D2 just doesn't have any good fights in it. Having two people on melting point is freaking irritating. I just need to run to the side. And then loop in because I just keep getting ping ponged, um, and I'm we're we're slowing down because I'm not doing that. I'm gonna start going to the sides since we have two melting points instead of wasting them or getting ping ponged. Um, so I you know in Warmind and Curse of Osiris we praise Bungie for not leaving raid content behind and now they left it behind yeah because Curse of Osiris and Warmind were in the same year like in, in an entire year I don't think it's problematic to say instead of being like Vogue then Crota right it was the pattern after that was Kingsfall year round all the way to Rise of Iron I think a raid kind of having its its foot for that year or its footing for that year I think it's totally fine, but like two years later, I mean, I'm like a year and a half later. Do you really want to be like doing stuff in Penumbra the summer of 2019 and going back into Leviathan and fighting Callus? Now let's imagine that Leviathan wasn't such a bummer of a raid, right? If it wasn't such a buzzkill raid with like boring encounters that feel like game shows, I might change my tune. If Leviathan was, like, on the level of the fun factor that, like, Wrath was on, I'd probably say, I'd probably be saying, so, like, let's remove my bias for a second. I really dislike Leviathan. Let's remove my bias. Let's imagine it was good as, it was as good as Wrath. I might be saying a completely different story right now. I'd be like, oh, no, yeah, that'd be awesome to a year later completely, like, reinvent the relevancy and have loot to chase. Because they did that with Crota. They did that with Kingsfall. They did that with, you know, with uh, with Vaults of Glass. And it was pretty it was pretty dope because it was, you know, the, the fights were different because of challenges. There was pretty cool loot to chase, you know. So if you remove my bias, I probably would say, yeah, if you've got really good raid content, repurpose it. I happen to think Bungie knows that Leviathan and the and the and the raid layers weren't received that well. And listen, 
Just because you can argue on paper the content's pretty good doesn't mean the community's going to think that. Prestige curated loadouts and Prestige Leviathan left a really bad taste in the community's mouth, and I would be concerned that that would be the memory, and so that would be where people would kind of go. They'd be like, dude, I don't care about this content. Re- you know, recycle content's not even that good. Because why? Because that's their memory. Their memory is prestiged leviathan and, and curated loadouts so their perception would would potentially overshadow um it would potentially overshadow their reception of the content uh the dead paw i'm new to destiny with the forsaken sale and the fact that they now include the two expansions is forsaken worth the 33 dollars i believe it was worth 40 at launch so yes it's worth 33 JD gamer i got the exotic bow last night and one doing the quest. What do you think about it? I'm not used enough to, 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 to talk about it. That's why I was glad to get my... I got a box-breathing accelerated coils um, crooked fang back by dumping almost all of my... Um, dumping almost all of my materials into the gunsmith because I believe that a quick fang with box-breathing and uh, accelerated coils is potentially strong enough to justify leaving sleeper on the shelf. Now, that doesn't mean all the time. It also doesn't mean it's going to be it's going to be an optimum build, but at least it's strong enough to feel like I'm still using a pretty strong power weapon. That means I could go to some pretty unique builds. That's why I wanted to get that crooked fang, ace of spades, wish ender, uh, you know, sometimes you want to use telesto, honestly, especially in PVP. Um they're gonna have to do something about that, but you know that that's a fun that's a fun way to play the game to not feel like you're completely you know ruining your build just because you want to run an exotic. Like taking off one K voices sleeper or whisper is really hard. So much of the so much of the content lets those weapons shine really really well because uh, of their just their potential and massive damage output, especially when you pair it with EP Shoddy. EP Shoddy does more damage than them, but even if they even if EP Shoddy didn't exist, they're still pinnacle damage weapons. So you use EP Shoddy, and once you run out of EP Shoddy ammo, you got his little brother, you know, 1K Voices or Sleeper, and you're able to do a ton of damage. So that's why I wanted that Crooked Fang. No lives left. How do you think Bungie could make more places uh, to get mod components and cores? I just think the gunsmith is an NPC that's really underutilized. Like, give him bounties for cores. Uh, they, they need to be called infusion cores. Split that economy right down the middle. Uh, the shared economy between infusion and mastery is, is stupid. It's not going to stop being stupid no matter how many people say it's good. Um, that shared economy is going to continue to create illogical uh, drop rates in the game. Either not, not enough for the rhythmic infusion volitional choices of the player or too frequent to be attached to mastery. Uh, one of the two, one of the two is going to keep happening. Um, so he needs, in my opinion, he needs his own bounties and he needs to have his own cores for infusion. And then that's a source for mods as well. Um, going to run the tower quickly. Okay. Uh, brand new sub from Cassiopeia. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Rages. Enjoy ad-free viewing and the LFG perks. Get in there. Uh, why can't you stand Gambit? I have an entire review about Gambit where I say, on paper, it's great, and it has massive potential. Uh, and outside of that, as soon as you go into the game, 
There is an enormous amount of frustrating things about it. I don't think sweeper, a sweeper, I don't think sweet sleeper or queen breakers is the problem. I think the method of invasion and the method of killing bosses needs completely retooled, shared prime buffs, boomerang mechanics, rubber band mechanics, people that can catch up when they're behind, uh, advantages of playing from behind, invading too frequently, uh, invasion just being silly with respect to a team that knows where you're going to spawn and getting rid of you, or, you know, being able to see through walls while invading uh, with weapons like Sweeper, Sleeper and Queen Breakers is kind of broken. So watch my full Gambit review to get a picture of all the suggestions I have for how to improve the game mode. I believe that the Sleeper and Queen Breakers expose deficiencies in the game's design. They are not the problem. They are symptoms of an underlying design problem. And I think you're going to see Gambit get changed quite a bit over the years. It's just going to take some time. They're going to have to do a lot of internal testing because Sleeper, unless you completely turn Sleeper into a garbage weapon, it's still going to be a problem. It's still really, really strong. And there's still ways to melt bosses with Well of Radiance and Escalation Protocol Shotgun and Melting Point. There are so many things about the game mode that need retooled. I'm never going to go in there as it stands right now. I think the game mode, as it's designed, has major deficiencies. Three months from King Boomstick. That is a blue badge. Thanks for the streams and the interaction. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much. Last question. No lives left. Do you think there should be more ways to get exotics with the drop rate so low? They're going to buff the drop rate of Forsaken uh, drops. And once they do that, I'll revisit your question. I still think Zer could have a... Um, a bounty and then that bounty gives you the frame of a weapon and then he can have a quest and the quest gets you um, the quest gets you the weapon itself and then after that you would pivot to um, you would pivot to then a mystery and the mystery would give you the catalyst and that could take like a month long now that could be a really good way to just introduce exotics so you don't have to constantly go farming for them and that would just be another cool way to do a quest line exotic that takes way longer than like somebody to slam it out in a week like you time gate it right through her you go from the bounty to the quest to the mystery and that is the frame to the gun to the um we just got that's a that's a that's a that's a i think that's a god roll through fire and flood Rampage, Rangefinder, Proximity. I've got one right here that has Rampage and Spike. I don't know about Spike versus Rampage, so we'll check that out later maybe and just test it in, in certain environments. Um, personally, I think grenade launchers belong in the energy slot. Again, I think I think swords and grenade launchers need to be slammed up in the energy slot to make the EP shoddy uh, feel a little threatened and have some different loadouts because I just feel like grenade launchers... The only problem grenade launchers pose in the energy slot is in Crucible. Um, in PvE, they don't, they just, why are you even using them? So, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm going to continue streaming for a little bit for you guys that are here live. As with all of my content, if you're listening to this or watching this right now, please like, share, and subscribe.